October can feel like crunch time, but the cooler weather and nostalgia that always comes around this time of year creates a great opportunity to bring your team together. If I can offer one culture tip for this moment, it would be to create bonding office rituals. At rebel.com, we start each week with an all-hand stand-up Monday morning meeting. Instead of just asking people to take turns standing in a circle, we throw around a basketball. It's a great energizing way to start your week. The whole thing is recorded by someone wearing an orange-branded Rebel construction hat with a GoPro attached. Anyone who misses the meeting can catch up later on. The construction hat actually comes from another weekly ritual that we have at Rebel, Friday lunches. Every Friday, we recognize birthdays, work anniversaries, and special cultural announcements like our next corporate 10K, and we also hand out high fives. These little easy rituals brought us together as a team and definitely bring a little energy, fun, and focus to our work. Until next month, this has been Rob Villeneuve, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. Startup Canada and Wolf Blast Wines have partnered to celebrate the regional winners of the 2016 Startup Canada Awards. Join us this fall in Waterloo, Montreal, Edmonton and Vancouver for Wolf Blast Wine tasting receptions and award ceremonies to toast this year's winners. Visit StartupAward.ca to register for your free ticket today. One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding an available website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen a .ca domain name for their business. Choose your .ca domain name at cira.ca forward slash startup today. Disruption, investment, work-life balance. Delving deep on the topics that matter most for entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. Welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett, the CEO at coachingbyrockstars.com. Startup Canada Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the rallying network uniting Canada's entrepreneurship community. And on this podcast, we connect you, the idea person, the startup founder, the creative thinker with the movers and shakers of Canadian entrepreneurship. On the show, we will fill you in on the trends, opportunities, and possibilities of your next steps as an entrepreneur. And we're going to have amazing conversations on advancing entrepreneurial success and growth in Canada. If you're a regular Startup Canada podcast listener, Welcome back and thanks to any of our new listeners. Remember to subscribe to the Startup Canada podcast on the iTunes stores and then visit startupcan.ca to become a member of Startup Canada and get access to mentors, resources, support and opportunities to start and grow your business. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a time when I just get to hang out with cool people on a regular basis, and then I get to have them as my guest to, on the Startup Canada podcast show, and I'm, I'm honored and privileged to have my great friend, colleague, and uh, just all-around super guy, Larry Shaw. He He's on the show today. He's the president of the Association of Research Parks, AURP is the acronym for Canada, and he's also the CEO of Ignite Fredericton and Research Research Park. AURP is a national nonprofit association established to advocate on behalf of research and technology parks across the nations. As part of our Ecosystem Spotlight series on the podcast today, we're going to learn how entrepreneurs can tap into research parks to grow their business and get an on the ground view of the Fredericton startup community to see why Fredericton is quickly becoming the startup capital of Canada. Capital of Canada. And I'm just going to correct the script writers right now. We are are the startup capital of Atlantic Canada, and we're coming after Waterloo to be the startup capital of Canada. Welcome to the show, Larry. 
Thanks for being. Uh, it's great to be here, Rivers. Really appreciate the opportunity to share some of the ideas with you. And as you said, it's it's easy to have a conversation when you start out being friends. So looking forward to it. Right on, sir. Right on. Well, look. Before we get uh, we started, you you've had a a, a a quite of a journey of a life, and you know you could be anywhere in the world and be well accepted and embraced. But you know why Fredericton? Why why are you so passionate about being here and the uh, why you're so passionate about your role with the uh, with the research parks? Well, you know, Rivers, um, at the end of the day, I don't think uh, the apple falls too far from the tree, and I would be very much like that. So I'm in a Brunswicker. I've always mm. been in a Brunswicker. I'll be in a Brunswicker my entire life, even though I've had the opportunity to, you know, to live around the world and, and do some cool things in, you know, places like Central America and, and Europe. Um, but my, my passion, my, my sort of my life has always been New Brunswick and, and that's where my interests are. So, you know, I think we could do an entire interview, quite frankly, on just, you know, why, why we all love Fredericton or why Fredericton, you know, is, is some of our primary focus, but, you know, it really is, it's around the amazing quality of life we have here. You know, those of us that live it, know it, those that don't live it, um, would love to know it and we would love to have them here, but, uh, it is a, it is a, a secret that we have here. There's the quality of life is second to none but it's also about you know it's the it's the passion that we have of of simply not being the status quo you know we've always swung above our average our batting average you know the entrepreneurial network that we have here in Fredericton isn't it doesn't consist of one organization or one person it's a multitude and it's a network and it's it's a network really focused on you know a single common objective um, you know we have world-class university and 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 the community colleges that we have here that really is the talent pool that we all draw upon um, you know, um, and I think I think it, it when you when you really add all that together, it really does come down to a very simplistic sort of answer, I guess. Why why Fredericton? And that's really about the people. It's about the people that are here, the passion that they have, and it's about the ability to just simply roll up the sleeves and 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 really get it done. Yeah, the world I I, uh, I regard as is, is is indeed the leader in Atlantic Canada, and it's uh, it's really showing with the work that's being done by uh, by you. And of course, I, I know you're a team player. It really shows through in the way that you bring the team into playing, not just on your own staff, but in the community itself. Um, what is a university research park? And, and and I'm kind of reading the script again here today. Is is that the right terminology? Is it a university research park? <laughs> Yeah, well, it is. And look, people want to, you know, sometimes we all want to put names around things and, and put some sort of, you know, acronym or structure around it. But, mm. um, you know, a university research park by its name would imply that it's affiliated with university and there's some sort of research going on. Um, and that is, there is characteristics of that, of, of research parks, but it really, quite frankly, is much broader than that. And, you know, I would I would sort of go back to quote one of, you know, one of the leaders in this space that happens to hold one of the highest positions in Canada right now with the Honorable David Johnson, you know, mm. he's the founder of, of the Johnson Research and Tech Park in Waterloo, and he would really describe these things that we sometimes call as university research parks, and there's different names being taken on by, you know, this clustering activity and, and things that are happening, innovation districts and things like that, but he would describe them as really, it's a place where like-minded organizations and people come together, magical collisions happen, and when you get those magical collisions taking place, that's really when true innovation starts to take, take form. He would also describe, you know, the, the commercialization or the, 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 the generation of innovation is really a contact sport. And what he means by that is it's about those those relationships that get formed over a coffee. It's about those ideas that get generated on the back of a of a napkin in a very maybe um, you know benign way, but then they get life on themselves and you know and, and more people sort of come around the idea and then all of a sudden teams generate and from that a you know an entrepreneur sort of takes and runs with it and, and from there a business is born. So the university the university research parks are just in fact that they're they're the physical expressions of infrastructure and support programs and services that allow that to happen, that allow innovation to take form, allow research to take place, and allow, you know, the commercialization activity to, to begin to happen from that. Do they, uh, do you find at uh, various parks uh, that there's varying levels of, of involvement with the universities? Like, like I, I know uh, in our backyard, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a growing relationship that's going to get a little bit more intensive with time going on. And uh, what are, how are some of the ways in which the universities are getting involved with the parks? 
Yeah, so we, we often, with inside the, the Association of Universal Research Research Parks, we often describe, you know, saying that says if you've seen one research park, you've in fact seen one research park. Mm. And, and the point of that is they are all different. Some are very tightly aligned with universities and the research aspects that's happening in university and such. They would take and, uh, you know, uh, they, would, they would turn into sort of an image of what the research strength is of that particular university. Right. So some universities would have higher density in, in terms of engineering and, and faculties aligned to, you know, other parts, natural resources, et cetera. So the research parks sometimes take on that entity because that's where the research, in fact, is happening. Other universities and research parks may not have quite as tight of alignment, and it becomes more of a community-driven initiative where a broader set of, of commercialization activity begins to take place. Innovation comes in through different means. Instead of just coming through the university, it comes from all of us in our backdoors and our basements, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, in each, in each university research park, we'll begin to, I, I guess, organize itself around that that idea. So some will have, and most will have incubation space or acceleration programs. A lot of them will, will start to wrap specialized programs around, you know, how do you support entrepreneurs? You know, it could be as simple as, you know, lunch and learns all the way through to more complex programming around acceleration, you know, the intake and, um, you know, and graduation process, uh, you know, the, the pitch competitions that come out of an acceleration program. Mm-hmm. Do they, um, when the entrepreneurs uh, are are getting involved, do you do you find that a lot of the parks are having to reach out for the entrepreneurs, or the entrepreneurs just through uh, through being in the community are finding out about it? Well, I think, you know, in general, we all can do a better job of communicating and advertising what it is that we do to try to help entrepreneurs or try to move the economy forward or try to create opportunities. So we can always do a better job. But generally speaking, you know, the organizations or the entities that fall inside the research parks already have a fairly substantial profile within the community. So a lot of the things that are happening around the research parks are well known. Um, but but again, you know, if you, w- if you would take it down to a very you know, the very common layer of, you know, the average entrepreneur and, you know, looking to start up out of his or her basement, they may not be aware of the, of the, of the depth and strength that the research parks or, you know, this clustering environment that sometimes has acceleration incubation space with inside that, that has to offer. Yeah, right on. So uh, is that a responsibility of the research park or is that a responsibility of the community? I think, you know, it's both. I think, you know, like obviously the research park owns the responsibility of, of promoting what they do and, and continuing to evolve and to advocate for, you know, programs nationally as to, you know, for from a government perspective, we advocate on a regular basis, on a regular basis to try to ensure that we have infrastructure spending, that, you know, the right departments within government are supporting the initiative for research parks. And we also, you know, look to, to demonstrate how we can do things like, you know, internships and cooperative education programs, experiential learning environments, all those things are within inside of a, of a research park. But at the same time, when it really starts to come to life is when you break down that what people sometimes see would be the structure of a university or the structure of a research park and, you know, the bricks and mortar and the, you know, you, you, you know, the, you know, don't step on the grass, only walk on the, on, on, <laughs> on the cement, right? right? It's, it's really when you start to break that down at a community level and, and it becomes inclusive that I think it really starts to work. Um, you know, it's when, it's when it becomes second nature uh, to be, at the incubation space or to be at the acceleration space. It's when, you know, it's when the research park or, or the entity playing that role in a, in a community starts to actually be part of the entire ecosystem and doesn't set or sort of back in its chair and wait for things mm-hmm. to come to it. It becomes much more proactive. Uh, and, and therefore, I think the solutions that get created from that environment are much more holistic. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. So, how many how many park or how many um, yeah, research parks are there across the country? Are they in every province? Yeah, they're they're not in every province, unfortunately. But you know, there are there are entities in every province that would, to some extent, you know, fill the role of a research park, but they haven't formalized themselves to be part of, let's say, the national association, and and that's okay. I mean, you know, it doesn't. We will work and represent any park, regardless of their part of us or not, in terms of the benefits that we try to negotiate and and work through and and develop and the standardizations that we want to put in place, so that you know, whether it be identifying ourselves 
themselves as to what the skills are and the services are, or you know, lobbying extensively at you know at government to put more dollars in infrastructure and research and development, et cetera. So there there is there is a research park or an affiliation to a research park in every province, but not all are part of AORP. Formerly, there's 26 that would have self-identified themselves, right. and I think we have about 15 or 18 of them that are actually members of AORP. And what do you do as the president? What's your what's your daily or weekly uh, responsibility as the president? Well, you know, it's it it you know, I don't I don't really sit around looking at titles and counting ceiling tiles in my office and things like that. But <laughs> you know, it, it, I guess the the thing that I that I try to do is simply <laughs> remove some of the roadblocks, get sort of gets you know some of the things that are problematic. You know, whether it's uh, the investment model that research parks have to work under, whether it's the constraints of you know funding and and whether it's just the the ability to understand what a what a acceleration program may look like or need to be, right. and then to provide the bridge for those conversations with other like-minded people, the other members of the the association. So I spend a lot of my time simply evangelizing, mm-hmm. you know, the things that we do, um, trying to break them down into maybe more simple dis- descriptions, but also trying to trying to break down this, you know, this isn't about, you know, a stoic title of a research park. I mean, if I had my druthers, I would change it to something else uh-huh. uh, more inclusive, but it is about, it is, it's about helping the, the entrepreneurs or, or just the population in general understand what are the benefits that we provide? What are the services and how can we help? Right on. So is, is this a well-paid position, Larry? Oh yeah. Look, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have <laughs> at least five or six homes down in the South and I drive, you know, I drive two or three different cars. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah the, the pay is great. Yeah. The pay is just fabulous. Well, look, we appreciate everything you're doing with, uh, with that. And I, like I, ladies and gentlemen, I know Larry is, is passionate about what he does within our own park and within our own community. So to take on this role, uh, for those of you that are part of AURP, and to have his connection with that, you're you're you're, you're lucky people to uh, to have that. Um, so let's kind of let's kind of uh, switch a bit now to Ignite Fredericton. And uh, Ignite recently ran uh, one, sorry, the Atlantic Canada Startup Award for Entrepreneurship. Uh, that's just awesome stuff. Congratulations on that. And uh, I know the team. I was there when it happened. We're just so pleased and and honored. Um, but tell us about Ignite Fredericton. Uh, all the one, one, what is it? And uh, two, what's its mandate? And three, uh, what does it? Do? on a daily basis. Sure. And, and look, we really appreciate Startup Canada and recognizing us in terms of that award. But it's also important that that award is is simply there was only a certain amount of line space that you had to put on the award and the, the announcement. But it really represents, you know, the entire community. Ignite Friday just happened to have the privilege of standing up and, and putting its hand up and, and right saying on. thank you. But um, there's a ton of people that should be on that list, of, of which include you as well. So, um, you know, it's important to just recognize that. Mm. So, um Ignite Fred, I, I would have the same passion for AORP, Ignite Fredding, Knowledge Park, Planet Hatch. Um, and, and, you know, the reason being is they all have somewhat of the same mission. They all are sort of focused and sometimes, you know, I would describe they're all in the same canoe, we're all in the same direction. So it's easy to get aligned around that. But particularly what Ignite Fredding does, it's, it's this region, this region being Fredericton and Oromocton, New Maryland and, and Hanwell. It's this region's economic development agency. And that's, you know, that sounds very governmentish and, you know, like a whole lot of, you know, letters behind your name and things like that. But really it's intended to be an organization, an agency with a single focus, one of creating economic development opportunities for entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are within this community, so for our community, and to be a catalyst agency in doing that. And we really do that through focusing on three basic things. So we help companies get started, uh, and those would be all the services that happen in Planet Hatch. We help what's, com- what's Planet Hatch for uh, for folks that don't know what that is? Yeah, good point. So uh, Planet Hatch is is the physical expression of our startup world here in Fredericton. So it is the it is the place where all the startup services, the support for the startup entrepreneurs happen. It's where we do all the programming uh, for the startup services. It's where all the partners that we work with, such as the partners represented by the Startup Task Force, that they would call home and, and their operational space. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a place for entrepreneurs um, 
to get help. That's mm. really what it's about. Mm. Mm. It's a freaking awesome looking spot too. The colors are here. The creativity is here. It's a lot about ideology. And, and I know Larry's having a difficult time kind of separating. He's saying, when I ask what is Planet Hatch, he's saying, what do you think, you idiot? He says, you hang out there all the time, but it's, but it's we're part of a national podcast show. So that's why I asked the questions. But uh, yeah, it's a very cool spot. And it's, and it's really, you know, when I see people come in here, so for others that are putting together incubators, the places like you have, you've really focused in on, on, on initiating and developing those creative juices. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, d- I deserve full credit for all of it. <laughs> yeah, it's all my it's all my brain power. Uh, which, this is the Larry Shaw yeah, show. Yeah, of, of which of which none of that would be true. Um, you know, Planet Hatch is just simply again the success and the expression of sure. hundreds of people really getting behind an initiative uh, focused on supporting entrepreneurs, helping entrepreneurs learn from more entrepreneurs, bringing mentors and coaches into a space and place that they can they can provide coaching and leadership from. But it's also a place that's meant to be, you know, enable the community to demystify some of these things that we sometimes describe as innovation and commercialization and acceleration and all those words. It's really just a place to, to get help and to understand from other people who have been down the same road that you have been. And we just simply tried to wrap it a little bit of, you know, fun culture around that and, and make it, uh, you know, so that's inclusive to everybody. Larry, I know you're a big, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're a big advocate of, of helping to create, uh, build and to maintain uh, long sustainability of businesses. You're a fan of the successes we've had in our, in our city with uh, regards to things such as uh, Q1 Labs and, and, and Radiant 6. But, uh, you know, your vision is really about sustainability to work hand in hand with those types of organizations. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, it is. You know, absolutely. And I mean, um, we sometimes describe, you know, the ecosystem we work in or the, you know, the entrepreneurs. Um, You know, I often say things like, you know, a startup company is always an entrepreneur, but an entrepreneur is not always a startup Mm -hmm. company. And the Mm -hmm. the point I'm making of that is, you know, we have major companies here in our back door yard, as, as any region would have, and they are far from a startup entrepreneur, but don't underestimate they are true entrepreneurs. So we, we have to try to find ways to support all of them. The other thing that, that we, we try to work into the conversation, you know, we all hear the huge success stories and, you know, we all see what happens, you know, at CNN and, and, and some of that, that's great emotion. It's, it's, it's really important stuff and we all want that to happen. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, there's a realism. There's a, there's a, there's a long trail of hard lifting and hard work and continuous, you know, wondering whether you can make payroll, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that happens. So, you know, one of the things that I try to get into the conversation is, you know, it isn't all about the exit, right? It isn't all about, you know, the fame and claim that comes from that. Our foundational aspect of the economy that we are in in Canada has to have entrepreneurs that want to build long-term sustainable companies. They they want to build a company that today is 100 people and tomorrow has 200 people and next year has 400 people and they can pass it down to kids and children and relatives and other you know, other shareholders, et cetera, et cetera. We, we, we have to make sure that back to this, you know, sort of description of, you know, folks on the tide lift all ships in the harbor. We have to focus on mm-hmm. not only companies that are going to add excitement into the community and have quick exits and high, you know, high growth and high expectation, but we also have to have a foundation of companies, entrepreneurs that are, that are, that are slugging away each and every day, continuing to try to improve their product and service, continuing to try to grow their market and, and, and make a long-term um, investment in the economy. And, and and it's the combination of those two things when I think the economy really starts to run on all cylinders. Um, without both of those, you're going to miss something. There's going to be a miss in this engine. If we don't have those high-growth, high-energy startups, if we don't have those more mature, long-term invested entrepreneurs, you know, this engine will not be as smooth running as it as we want it to be. Very cool. Thanks for that, uh, for that uh, expansion on on that point, I think it was very valuable, and it's one of the uh, reasons that I've, uh, you know, I've admired the leadership that is here because you've been true to that, and I think it's an important lesson for any type of 
the ecosystem across the country to, to follow that lead. So on that note, share with us, uh, besides relish gourmet burgers, about uh, some of the cool things that are happening in the ecosystem, some of the cool actors and exciting things that are happening with, with some of the startups and entrepreneurs. Yeah, so um, there, there's many. So let me, I'll pick a sort of one thing out of out of what we're doing here locally that's at more of a broad ecosystem perspective. So, okay. um, you know, we're, we're looking, one of the things we don't want to do is develop multiple programs um, that do the same thing. We want to try to economize everything we do and we don't want to sort of be jumping over everyone trying to solve problems when it maybe should align to someone else. So what we're trying to do is develop a, a process, an entrepreneurial educational process you know, a system where an entrepreneur can self-assess themselves. They can determine what it is they need in terms of service. And outside of a typical acceleration cohort model, have them be able to get access to services when they need it. So we lovingly describe that right now as a, as a subway model. So what we want to try to create is is a common set of tracks, a common set of services and le- allow, like like Apple did with, with people coming into their infrastructure to develop apps, we want people to come onto our subway system and develop services and programs that, that, that an entrepreneur can use. But we want to start to put a little bit of structure around that so that an entrepreneur, he or she knows what whether they are at the early stage of ideation or whether they're more mature and they're moving into a growth stage, that they can get these services when they need them, not when they're being put on oh, go to that course next month or go to that course next year. But we also want to make sure that that's available to adjacent communities. In our in our backyard, adjacent community is St. John and Moncton, which is an hour and a half's drive away. Mm-hmm. So we want to try to make sure that entrepreneurs have the ability to access multiple tracks or multiple ways of getting those services. That that's just fundamentally at the at the ecosystem level. So the startup task force and all the players of the startup task force are focused on ha- making this happen. And you know we're starting to roll out pieces of that today. That's not going to be fixed in one year or two years. But the reason we're doing that is because entrepreneurs are not all at the same level at the same time. You you, you bring co- co- in, in a, an acceleration model and a cohort sort of model. You bring entrepreneurs in at the same time. They're, they're somewhat aligned. There's still some differences, but you walk them through a series of programs somewhat, somewhat the same way. But the bigger part of the marketplace, the, the place where these billion-dollar companies are going to emerge from, the, the normal day-to-day startup community, the, you know, the, the, the growth side of our, of our economy needs to access these services when they need them, not when we say that we can give them to you. So <laughs> we're trying to fend- fundamentally get that in place and that's going to be a big task. But the reason for that is, is if you look at some of the companies we have, so you look at a company like Resin uh, Aerospace. So Resin yeah, Aerospace. story. Right, went through, went through. Um, they went through um, some programming at at university, the Activator, and I'm not sure they went through Teamy or not, but they were part of the Activator group. I believe they did go through Teamy. Yeah, they did. They, yeah, they, they were part of that. They come out of they come out of that, and, and sort of they the first thing they start to look around and say, okay, well, where do I go? They landed in Planet Hatch, and they they had to line up to a cohort program. It worked well for them, and and they went through an acceleration program, and then subsequently from that acceleration program, I mean, they're they guys are now on a, on a, on a hockey stick direct trajectory. They're, they're hiring regularly. They've got a substantial early adopter in McCain Foods in their service offering. Uh, and that team is now growing. Well, as they continue to grow, that whole team's not going to go back into an accelerator model. They, they're going to need continued support, mm-hmm. whether that be, you know, legal support or accounting support. It's this, it's this stage of, you know, you're through validation. You're into this growth stage. Well, where do you get those services? Again, that's what we're trying to do from this, I'll call this broad ecosystem sort of infrastructure that we're building. So Rest and Aerospace would be a, would be a company that that took advantage of some of the more formal infrastructure that was in place. You then also have a company like Hotspot Parking, which has a parking solution, uh, which isn't really a parking solution. It's all about big data. When you get inside of what they're doing, the parking mm-hmm. solution is sort of like you know, the bananas in the front of an Irving store. It's the lost leader. It's the way to get people through the <laughs> I door. <love> it. <laughs> right? It's 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 really the data and, and the characteristics of the of the users and the characteristics of the of the people going in and out of downtown core businesses. 
So they actually started out of out of a startup weekend. Their idea was, you know, Phil Curley just simply sort of threw an idea, got a little team around himself during the startup weekend, and voila, out of that comes, you know, a, a startup company. They they come into a program we were running, which is a seed program. They get a little bit of funding, uh, and then and then they begin to move, they begin to move forward. Well, now Phil and, and that team is moving their services into other cities in Atlanta, Canada. They're also looking into to the U.S. marketplace. So, I mean, there's 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 that basic app application that turns into a big data play. There's aerospace, arrest and aerospace, which was started out as as a as a drone imaging mm-hmm. sort of um, uh, strategy, and it's turned into um, you know a disrupt a disruptive um, enabler in agricultural uh, in terms of of pesticide and and crop control and measurement and fertilization, all those things through drone activity. So who mm-hmm. thought, right? Mm-hmm. But we also have companies like Leading Edge Geomatics which never touched hardly any of our services that we've offered here in town um, or in this region. But they began out of, you know, again, uh, tying GPS technology into, you know, some some drone activity or some uh, Vilar and things like that. And then all of a sudden now they're moving forward and they're growing up to 20 or 25 people and they're starting to get, you know, attraction in the marketplace. All the way through to, you know, companies like RimSoft, you know, the great team at RimSoft. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've got a world position in 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 mapping technology on forest and forest control. Um, you know, so who, who thought, who, who thunk it right here in the back door of, of New Brunswick, right? Yeah. Um, you've got a company like Mycodev. Uh, uh, Brennan has, you know, formed, you know, uh, an, a very innovative way of, of having a, um, a product to, to the market in twice the level of quality, a third of the of the cost structure where it will it will literally help save lives by coagulating blood in in you know in 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 injuries and you know I mean think of the applications of that so right. I mean the list goes on and on, on. And on. We, yeah. we have companies here that you know and, and look the Innovation's happening everywhere. Uh, commercialization and research parks and innovation districts and you know entrepreneurism is happening everywhere. The difference is it's happening here because everybody is rolling up the sleeve and are participating in this, not for self-centered sort of results for for any one item or one person. I mean, one person, one organization. It's for the outcome of what we're trying to do here. So you know, you've got companies that you know have been in the system. Um, you know, for some cases, years before they get service. Others jump into the service side of what we're trying to do almost in day one through an acceleration program. But we've got companies like Nocha. I've got, you know, like, you know, these habitual return entrepreneurs. You look at the work that, uh, you know, is happening in Interhive now with Jody Gidden, and you yeah. look at, you know, look at the Dave Alsons and the Marcella Bruns and, and the Rivers Corbett's of the world. You look at all those folks, and it's it's not about just simply the one initiative they're on. They're They're opening up you know their their thoughts and ideas and their skills and learning and experiences, um, and they're in some kind. Sometimes they're battle scars, and to to the entrepreneurs or the people that are considering being an entrepreneur and help them get off of you know the 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 off the mark get started. Yeah, right on. Well, I I love it. And um, the other the other element that's woven into all of this is the support for those that want to play in the game, the entrepreneurial game, not necessarily entrepreneurs. And there's a, a you know a, a friend of ours, Irina Roussel, who's helps out with Startup Canada. She just loves playing in the game. Doesn't want to be an entrepreneur, but we embrace that. We we say, come on in, come on in, and and, and be part of the game. So. Talk to me about Fredericton, because as I talk to uh, guests across the, the country, and again, I'm, I'm biased because I live here and I choose to live here and I see the same things you do, but what uh, what makes Fredericton such a neat community outside of all the things you just talked about? And uh, and I'm talking to, to bring people here to, to live and raise families and so on. Yeah, so um, so shameless promotion here now for the next for the next ten minutes. Uh, uh, very very biased and and not ashamed to claim fame to this being part of of the best part of the world. But um, I, I you know and and maybe it's only I can speak to me because I know me right. So I can use myself as an example in the sense that 
Um, I've always been in New Brunswick, or I always will be. I've lived here my entire life, and yet I've worked, um, you know, around the world. Um, I've started up organizations and and ran companies in Central America, expanding to nine different countries. Um, you know, growing operations to you know I don't know, you know, a few thousand people over you know over a few years period of time. Done the same thing in Europe. Um, you know, been in the middle of large corporate organizations, multi-billion-dollar firms in downtown Manhattan. Um, but you know, those were just a place to do work. Those were no different to me than jumping on a plane and going to another location or getting in a taxi cab and going to another hotel, another meeting in another city. Mm. The reality is, um, you know, this, there's a, there's a difference here. Back in my Lion days, I, I was the vice president uh, with, a, with an organization, with, with a P&L organization inside of a line called New Business Ventures. And we did an ad marketing campaign one time of why people should set up there at that point. Now I'm going back a few years, the contact center, uh, their call center in New Brunswick. And we did, a, we did a marketing campaign and we just simply sent a bottle of water around to different companies and with a with a simple mo- a simple note that it said there's something different than water here and and it's it's true right there there's something different about the characteristics of of Fredericton New Brunswick or Atlantic Canada but you know I would bring it down to Fredericton Fredericton has a long standing history of supporting entrepreneurialism uh, it's been an early adopter with with entrepreneurial companies for quite some time uh, it's you know it was the first first city in North America to have free wireless uh, mm. from, uh, from from a community perspective, it's always invested in 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 the innovation side of, of the agenda, but it hasn't done that exclusively. Again, back to the you know the the tide in in, in the harbor lifting all ships. Mm-hmm. It also focuses on arts and culture. We have one of the largest you know cultural events in North America, certainly in the jazz and blues right on. with the Harvest Jazz and Blues here. So it's a quality of life. So when you when you start to look at all that, you know it's the network that's found here. It's the access that we have to mentors and coaches. It would be the strength that we have in our universities and colleges, the level of success that is already here, right? The lifestyle that we have, which is really generated by the culture that's in this in this location. Um, I mean, we all know, um, you know, we can go buy a really good home in a really good place for well under three hundred thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. Try to do that in another jurisdiction, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, we've got the best of both, you know, the five, what's our, what's our rush hour traffic here? Five minutes. And that's usually because you're waiting in line at Co- for, for Tim Hortons, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yep. uh, so it's the size that we are, the size, we have a critical advantage because, you know, you know, as well as I do, we can pick up the phone. And if I needed to talk to the premier today, I could talk to the premier right. today if he wasn't somewhere else in the world. Right. I could, I can make contact with the right decision makers in government if I need to, if I need to get a hold of the president of university today at a I can do that. We know these people on first name basis. So we have a relationship. And with that relationship, you can get things done. Mm. Um, there's an attitude, even though sometimes people would say, well, they've got a, you know, a, a friendly sort of disposition in Atlantic Canada. And, you know, they, they don't really have a, you know, a, um, you know, a firm stance on anything. Well, m- that may be true. We're being polite. There's nothing wrong with being polite. But don't underestimate our attitude of, of the sense of urgency that we have. Um, there's also a confidence that we get from success. I mean, you know, when you, you know, when you have one of the largest ICT exits in Canada happening in Fredericton, you, you stand up on a soapbox and you can get pretty confident about what you're doing. Well, that confidence enables you to get to the next layer of success. Well, I guess, can you just uh, remind them as to, uh, as to what company that was? Sure. So, um, Radiant Six, uh, you know, a startup company out of research done at University of UNB, um, founded here in Fredericton, uh, slogged away for a very short period of time, you know, four or five years, became one of the leading uh, social media companies world in the world, um, top five, Fortune 500 type companies or 100 type companies in its in its uh, Rolodex from customers. It was acquired by Salesforce.com um, in a you know uh, you know I think it was a four four hundred and some odd million dollar deal uh, the, that year that was the largest one of the largest ICT uh, exits uh, in Canada that year yeah wonderful. and then yeah. a few and, and, and they've done a lot of you've talked about uh, Marcel Lebrun and so on but it's not only just uh, uh, um, gray matter that they put back into it they've, they've invested their their winnings back into the community also to keep it to keep it growing the all you know ships all ships raise tide so yeah absolutely it. absolutely no they they've been they're very open with their time and you know they're smart about their investment 
investments, and that's new money coming to the region. That's investment money, and that those dollars help create the rest of the aerospace, help create the hotspot mm-hmm. parking, and mm-hmm. so on and so on. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, we just we just did our last intake uh, to the next series of acceleration programs happening here in in New Brunswick, and we had over 168 applicants, literally from around the world. Um, most of them here in the back door area, but there were there were global players that applied for that, um, you know, and 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 we're taking 38 into the program. So that just gives you some sense of the of the build up, the wave that's coming through our startup community once we're focused on, you know, getting people through the ideation stage, getting people, you know, wrapping some services, giving them a bit of seed dollars, giving them a chance to get going. Mm. Um, so you know, back to your question. I mean, it, it, it all comes down to that. It's really in the at the end of the day. The people, the water, whatever you want to describe that as, it, it really comes down to that that simplicity that we we sometimes look at the problem and we we demystify it and we just roll up our sleeves and get it done. We get it done. Well, you, you know, I'm converted, of course. <laughs> I just love hearing the story. I can listen to it all the time. Um, one of the things that I love about uh, about hanging out at, at Planet Hatch, and this has to do with the uh, the application process you, you just referenced, um, and actually hanging out with Ignite, is uh, you had 38 successful applicants go through, but you didn't shove the others that didn't get through aside and say, come back later. You're giving them support to help them become successful applicants the next time around. I mean, it's just, a, it's a great attitude. Yeah. And I think, you know, that would be, that's, that's learning. I mean, we would have made the mistake in not having done that in the first couple of accelerators. I mean, we were so wrapped up in getting things done, but as we evolve, as we learn, we, sure. we, we sort of reinvest. So, so you're right. Those companies are, or those entities, in some cases, they're not, they're no more than, than a, a bit of a, an idea and a bit of a, you know, a bit of a structure around it. And then one or two people want to lead it. So it's by no, by no means a company. It's, it's just an idea. Mm. So, we sort of look at this problem a bit different, and and I and I'd like to see us all, literally nationwide, begin to use the same language. Because what happens quite often is we start to talk by each other. We're talking about the same thing, but yet we talk by each other because sometimes people refer to something slightly different, and I mean, yet they're talking about the same thing. So I'd like to see, we would like to see in our region, people start to talk about the life of uh, the journey of an entrepreneur and the journey of a company in, in somewhat the same sense. So there's an idea ideation stage of an entrepreneur. There's an ideation stage of a company. There's a validation stage of an entrepreneur in a company. There's a validation stage that an entrepreneur can find him or herself at. And there's a there's a growth, a, a growth stage that a company can be at. And of course, there's a mature entrepreneur and there's a mature company. If you fundamentally just start to look at the thing in those four quadrants, you start to align the things you want to do, the priorities that you should be establishing, the outcomes that you want to achieve around those four things. Now the services become more clear. They don't become, it's not this big problem you have to deal with. So in that exercise, part of what we said, well, that means now that we, 38 companies, so, you know, 130 approximate companies didn't get accepted. So those 130 companies are great opportunities to focus on mm-hmm. for ideation type training or support. So we're going to bring, and obviously they're not all in our back door area, but we're going to bring those companies that are here in Fredericton that are taking advantage of Planet Hatch through a bit of a, a bit of a sort of a semi-training program to give them exposure to get ready for when they apply for the next cohort, they're most likely able to to be selected. Yeah, I love it. And just uh, there's two things I want to talk about before uh, we leave. One is you focus the subway, which we talked about a little earlier, on four main more main lines, if I could call it the red line, blue line, yellow line, orange line. What what are the what are the lines that we're focusing building the subway model on? Because I think it's an important uh, it's it's it's, it's an it's an easy thing for people to replicate in other jurisdictions. Yeah. So, so you know the the analogy or metaphor, whatever we're using around this subway model. If you if everybody sort of knows what a subway is, and they they know the New York subway system, it has multiple tracks, and you can get on as a user. You jump on the subway, you know where you're going. You pay your money, you get on at the stop you want, and you get off the stop, and you know the types of stores or things you're going to have at that store, that stop. But it's repeatable. It's the same thing every time. You go to you know Lexington and 57, get off the subway, you're going to get the same stores. You're going to get the same location. So with that just being sort of the analogy in the backdrop, the four tracks that we would see is a track of ideation, a track of validation, a track of growth, and a track of maturity. 
So with that, you then align the subway stops, the service offerings on each of those tracks. And in some cases, the title of those would be the same. So as an example, on the on the validation track and on the growth track, you're still going to have a subway stop that would be potentially titled money or access to funds. But the the stores, the services that you would find within the validation and the one that you would find within the growth type of companies, the stores there will be different, even though they're all providing some source of funding. You know, you at an ideation stage, you don't take an application into a COA. But at a growth stage, you can take an application for funding into a COA. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do is demystify that a bit and put some structure around that, but also not have entrepreneurs waste their time. Because that's the, one, of the, the, one of the largest pieces of feedback I get in, in just programming generally is, oh, well, it's good, but I only needed an hour of that or I only needed one day of that. Well, what we're trying to do is give the entrepreneur a little more flexibility and say, okay, I just want to talk about funding that is right for me right now because I'm I'm at a growth stage. So what types of funding options do I have? Where can I where's the mentors that are good at growth? Where's the services that provide me when I'm in that stage? You know, uh, another example of if I'm a mature company, I still need help, I still need support, I still need structure, but I I'm not, not I'm not going to go to ideation type, you know, I'm not going to go take lean lean canvas modeling. I'm I'm going to want things like succession planning. I'm going to want things like, you know, how do I how do I how do I, you know, do get better at maximizing my return, tax policies and all those things, right? So the stops that you would have on this subway would be even though that might be around money and funding would be again totally different so each one of the each one of the tracks i've just described will have a most likely almost the same common subway stops but they will just be different services that that they get in they'll be around money and talent you know um where's where's um you know what training what programming what's there like you know around an acceleration program or incubation there's a physical there's a physicality of requirements so where can a company go to get shared or communal space versus where can I go to get, you know, my company launched in a very economical way that's maybe a shared space and things like that. All those different servicing that, you know, landlords and things have around the city as an example. So right. we're trying to bring that un- under some sort of a model. But the, the, the other part of this is within Fredericton, um, there, I'm, I'm probably one of the people that you would go to to say, how many startup companies do we have in our region? Um, but I'm probably only going to be 50 or 60% accurate in my answer because every day, literally every day, well, every week for sure, there I hear of a new company that I did that's that's got to be in some cases, you know, substantially, you know, substantial size that have that have never used any of our services, right? So around this subway structure that we're trying to put in. There's two other pieces to this. One, I'm going to give the programming to anybody who wants to use it. So if, if St. John wants to come here and, and tie into my subway system, go for it. If Moncton wants to come here and tie into my subway system, go for it. I don't, you know, I have no, I have no concerns who wants to use it. I only ask of two things. I want you to use the same language I talked about. So I want you to talk about, you know, ideation, validation, growth, maturity. And I want you to agree that you're going to use a CRM system that we're deploying with this that allows us to track the identities of the entrepreneurs and make some assessments as to the services that they're using, what works, what doesn't, so that it's at, now we can have a better understanding of how many entrepreneurs we have, how many entrepreneurs enter and re-enter the system, mm-hmm. you know, the services system, so we can get a bit of structure around what we're trying to build here. Um, so that data is going to be valuable to us. So those are the only two things I want for people to come in and use this, this infrastructure. Very cool. Well, I, I thought it was important. I know uh, we're, we're going a bit over time, but again, I'm intimate with regards to what's going on in Fredericton. And these are important, uh, important conversations that are happening, important activities that are happening. And uh, I thought it was, uh, it was good for us to know that we've got you for your, your time to, to send that, uh, to, to convey that type of overview. So thank you for that. And Larry, um, you know, buddy, you and I talk a lot, but unfortunately this time has ended, <laughs> but it's been all good as always. And do you have any, any lasting thoughts uh, on, you know, the entrepreneurial landscape, you know, uh, you've got a national audience that's listening to you right now. Uh, what's, uh, what's, what are some kind of the last comments or thoughts that you'd like to give us? 
Well, you know, um, I guess I always have trouble trying to summarize thought because there's just too many of them and I'm not sure Mm. if anyone has more priority. But I think this theme that that we sometimes describe around, you know, focus on the tide and lift all ships in the harbor. I think I think the, you know, we're still we're plagiarizing that. I'm plagiarizing that from Kennedy and I do that shamelessly. But, um, (laughs) you know, the reality is that is quite descriptive. It's you can't just focus on one thing. You have to focus on multiple things at the same time. If you start to focus only on one thing, then you'll, you may repair that and you may improve it and you may make it really good. But trust me, you will open up, you know, a large gap someplace else because, you know, if you just look at the, the process of, of getting companies into acceleration, you take all the companies into acceleration. Well, what are you doing to drive more companies to be come at the ideation stage and to get them sort of enthused about entrepreneurialism as a, as a course of career? So you, you need to have multiple activities going at the same time to have a successful, what I would describe as a successful, multifaceted sort of um, um, supporting infrastructure for entrepreneurs. And I think I would finally close and says, I would say that ex- exits and the, the, the success of those and, and the shining stars they are and, and how proud we are and how much we need of them is, is only one part. We as a society, we as Canadian, we as the sports structure for entrepreneurs need to figure out how do we put as much energy in companies growing to become billion-dollar operations, not just a, an exit, a, a view to an exit. Got, you've got to have both of those things at play at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you it would be a rock star conversation, and Larry, you did a great job. Thank you so much. This has been uh, Larry Shaw. He's the president of the Association of Research Parks uh, for Canada and also the CEO of Ignite Fredericton doing really cool stuff here. Thank you, my friend, as always. Take care, Rivers. Thank you for joining us today on the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly program dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every Canadian. Want access to even more amazing entrepreneur content? Well, then make sure you check out startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events. And my name is Rivers Corbett. I'm your host. As always, I invite you to follow me on Twitter at Rivers Corbett. I do the same thing with conveying all kinds of cool ideas and uh, conversations with entrepreneurs around the planet to help you guys have super success. Until next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you now with a sneak peek of next week's episode. You've got hundreds of employees, yet I really admire you, how you operate with that startup culture. Um, you know, what have been the keys to keeping that startup um, occurring, happening, while building, uh, you know, an organization with uh, hundreds of employees in it? Yeah, we have a, a couple of principles that help with that. Um, part, part of it is just the mindset overall of leadership and and how you communicate that to employees to say, hey, we expect you to be innovating. Um, We put employees first in terms of our stakeholders, Mm -hmm. employees first, followed by customers, followed by shareholders. Um, And by orienting our employees of, hey, we expect you to innovate, and here's some frameworks that will help you think through innovation, but we expect you innovating on behalf of customers because you doing that will drive um, shareholder success is is where it starts but outside of that there's some kind of core principles like um, our team should be two pizza teams in other words a team should be um, big enough that or small enough that two pizzas can feed it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and in many ways what we'll do is um, for bigger projects where we're like hey there's a growth opportunity that is an, a new business opportunity or something we don't understand we'll create mission teams that have a, a group of product, marketing, sales, uh, support folks on that small two pizza team going out, looking at that problem, figuring out, you know, how do they solve that end to end? And that's been really, really helpful for us. Mm-hmm.